Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a journalist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm obsessed with all things spirituality, sexuality, wellness, empowerment, and mysticism. Join me as I interview coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders from all around the globe about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey toward self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome to this episode of The Light Within. I am so excited for today's guest, and I have to tell you, this conversation takes a turn into a place that I am clearly obsessed with. As a menstrual cycle coach, I am so invested in living from the womb space, and Rachel Jane Groover does that to a T. She's the best-selling author of Powerful and Feminine and Divine Breadcrumbs. She's also the founder and CEO of The Awakened School. And we have an amazing conversation today about her own sp- spiritual journey, her self-development journey, as well as how to really lead from the womb space, not only to find lasting peace and happiness within ourselves, but also really to just feel more empowered. Before we get started with this conversation, I want to give you guys a heads up about my brand new self-paced course. It is eight weeks long, Cycle Codes, and it is the perfect introductory course for anyone who wants to get in touch with their menstrual cycle, be it that you're young and you've really never gotten this education. Maybe you are like me, you're mid-30s, just getting started on this journey to rediscovery if you are coming off of hormonal birth control, or if you have recently been diagnosed with a hormonal imbalance like PCOS, this is the course for you. I have just released it. It has options for you to upgrade into one-to-one coaching with me. But again, if you're a self-starter and you want to do this all on your own, Cycle Codes is perfect, perfect for that. I will put links to it in the show notes below and always connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin for all information about your menstrual cycle, womb connection, and awakening your pleasure. Now, without further ado, please join me in welcoming Rachel Jane Groover to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for coming on to talk with us today. My pleasure. I'm so excited. So the first question I ask every single guest is, what ignites your light within? Oh, gosh. Being. Being. Not doing all the stuff all the time, just taking a pause, whether that is right now, which being with you makes me take a pause from the rest of my day and just be together. And um, whether that's in nature or looking at my dog here on the floor, but just um, creating space for the light within to be an experience, because I think it's always there, but to, to experience it there is very different to knowing it's there. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And so for those folks who may not know you or know your work, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you did, it is that you do? Yeah. So I am the co-founder with my husband, Dada Groover, and I'm CEO of the Awakened School. And we're working with people who have been on a personal and spiritual development path for a long time, you know, usually a few decades. And um, they're not just, you know, talking about law of attraction 101, but really, you know, what's the nuance and distinctions of spiritual awakening and, and making a difference in the world and being that light within in your purpose. Um, so we're having some really good elevated conversations in the community. And then we have um, retreats and programs that people can do in person or online all around awakening first yourself and then awakening your impact in the world. I love that. I love that. Um, I'm a menstrual cycle coach and I say sort of the same thing, like understanding <laughs> yourself and then you can help your your immediate community and then the collective when we try to shift those narratives. So I love that you're doing similarly, like helping people heal themselves so they can exactly. go about into the world. Exactly. Absolutely. 
And so how did you get into that work? I think you've got a pretty interesting backstory, right? Yeah. So I was a singer full time when I was living in Australia and that, I don't even know how sometimes, what, how I became that for a decade and sung for my supper, but I was given a voice and liked performing and, and liked being creative and I was songwriting a little bit and, and those kinds of things. But it, it, eventually I was in a place where I'm not really put on this planet just to entertain people. I wanted to educate. I want to inspire. And I thought early in my youth that music could do that because it does. But the reality of just entertaining drunk men at bars and clubs and, you know, it kind of got a little bit wearing in the end that that's not, you know, it's kind of the way that you make your money and then you do your your great art on the, on the side. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting worn of it at the same time. This is like in 1999, 2000. So it was a while back. Um, at the same time, I'm sitting in my living room watching Oprah for the first time. And she was having all of these spiritual teachers um, on for the first time at that. You look, you know, very youthful. So I don't know if you remember these days, but like (laughs) she had Gary Zukov for the first time and Ayanla Van Sant and Debbie Ford and a lot of these people in the transformational industry that were big back then. But I didn't know Mm -hmm. any of that because Australia is always a little bit behind the US or a lot behind the US when it comes to personal development and that kind of thing. It's it's well and truly caught up now. It's amazing what's Mm -hmm. happening there. But um, at the time, I was really the only person I knew that was into personal development. I mean, it was like I was a lonely, lonely person in that. And then when I watched Oprah, I just started being infatuated by the United States going, oh, my gosh, all these people over there must be so (laughs) conscious and aware and wow. And then I moved here and kind of, well, got the other side of the story that it is a land of polarity, as I say. It's the most conscious and the most unconscious, the healthiest and the unhealthiest. And, the mm-hmm. you know, I could keep going, but I, I will, I'll, I'll cut my losses there. Um, but so I did move because I had an intuitive sense that my man was living here because my love life sucked really badly when I was in Australia as well. And I felt like intuitively I was meant to start doing more like workshops or running circles or something like that. And I, that's a thing over in the United States. And so I just kind of came looking for something to open, a door to open. And it did in Ashland, Oregon, where I got a um, volunteer job with Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote the Conversations with God books, the book series. Okay. I don't know if you know of them, but um, not a religious book, but spiritual books. And um, and so I was just thrown into this world of spiritual teacher who does retreats and workshops and books. And, um, and that really was kind of a, a, a meeting of my you know, a divine breadcrumb because that's what I do now. So mm-hmm. when I moved to America, um, I started hearing all of these life coaches and, you know, you're in that world now, like just go, just do what you love and the money will follow. Just, just, just go for it. And I had like never heard anyone say that before. And I was starting to hear it multiple times. And um, I found out the hard way that they were uh, um, lying (laughs) or, you know, stretching the truth because I decided, oh, I'll be a life coach. I'll do workshops. The money will follow. And it didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I had to figure out um, at some point, have some humble pie that I needed to understand business as well as Mm -hmm. um, the work that I had kind of a natural knack for, which was personal and spiritual and communication transformation in someone's life. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you say that because I think that is something that people say all the time that, yeah, the work, do the work, do your purpose, money will come. <laughs> It'll all work yeah. out. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And so 
can you talk a bit more about how you sort of transitioned then into this, especially having to learn about the business side of things um, and, and getting to where you are now with this, this beautiful school, doing the talks that you do? Yeah, yeah. Well, I met my husband in Ashland, so I was right on that side. Um, it, my man was here and he is definitely the love of my life. And we started the business together. Um, but we call the before we had a clue phase and after we had a clue phase. So we had a few years in the before we had a clue phase just going, we're, we're just good. You know, everyone will want to come and, and very few people did. Um, and so then we started the transition of really um, getting the strategy to come up closer to where our skill set was in the modalities that we were using. Um, so I just went through what a lot of people do, um, you know, courses and programs and how you do that. But what I realized pretty quickly in was if I just learnt the things to do, that doesn't mean they're going to work. You know, like just because they work for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work for me. And um, just because I do something, it doesn't mean I've got the presence to pull it off. And so mm. I was kind of stuck with a very big catch-22 for my whole life. It, the whole kind of, if I could sum up my life trauma in one way is it's not safe to be seen and be big. That came from Australia, tall poppy syndrome. You've got to be modest, don't brag, blah, blah, blah. That's probably another reason why I came to America because everybody here seemed to be big and bold, you know, and self-promoting. And that was just a whole new thing. Um, and so what I realized in growing the business is I was up against having to get people's attention. I had to get people's attention if this was going to work. I can't just write an email like someone's telling me or shoot a video or, I mean, I, I knew I could write a program on a napkin and put a price to mm -hmm. it, but did I have the presence to sell it? Did I have the presence to do a speech and people want to hire me again? Did I have the presence to work through my own fear about being seen in a public mm -hmm. way? So that was when things really shifted in a very beautiful and abundant way for us is me realizing that presence precedes the strategy. And mm. so I became my own guinea pig very early on with what creates presence in a, in a leader, what creates mm -hmm. it energetically, not like, you know, bossy, bossy pants, but what creates that magnetism and that natural leaning in and feeling like you're kind of on a time warp with someone because they mm -hmm. are so present and they are so there. If I could become that person, then people would be able to hear the message where mm -hmm. up to that point, I was just noise. I mean, how much noise and how much information? And now it's worse. 10 years later, there's more yeah. podcasts, there's more YouTube channels, there's more everything. And so I really um, just drilled into that. So I say my, I was my own guinea pig. I, I, I brought in five women in my town. We'd moved to Colorado, which is um, Fort Collins in the Loveland area in Colorado. And um, I taught them one practice a week on bring present and magnetic and home and aligned energetically. And then we'd go out and we'd practice. We'd go to our networking group or do a speech or whatever we had. I was going to go into Toastmasters at the time because I was scared out of my wits with, with public speaking. And, um, and we all felt the difference of how people mm. were responding to us immediately. So I started each week putting a practice together I lent on my um, my performance. I studied mm -hmm. and, um, you know, taught stage presence. I lent on my spiritual development work, um, the work I understood around energy field just intuitively. And we put 44 practices together, which is now called the Art of Feminine Presence. And mm. we started the Art of Masculine Presence two years ago, but mostly it's been with women who mm – -hmm are like me. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to inspire change in their own life. But there's something that puts the brakes on around mm -hmm. the not safe to be seen and visible and really in, well, 
as you would say, in your light and shining yeah. that light. Um, so Art of Feminine Presence started 12 years ago. We've had, gosh, 13, 14,000 women go through the process and it's changed my life because now I can be that person that can hold that space, whether it's a small group or 500 people in, a, in an mm-hmm. auditorium. Um, and I lean on those practices a lot. Mm. So I'd love to talk more about this, this whole fear of being seen. I have been a news anchor for the last 15 years. Talk about being seen. I mean, yes. that's like... as visual as you get in some ways. But then again, I've realized in my own self and many people that I know in this field, it's tricky, right? I say I played a TV news anchor on TV. I played a news anchor on TV versus that's what I was because it felt like you had to put on a certain costume to do the job. Yeah. And so when I started learning more about what my own path was and my own purpose was mm-hmm. letting that authenticity out and, and speaking my truth felt very, very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'd love to talk more about this with you because I, I have been through it at some points. I still kind of feel it, but mm-hmm. it's much more, I just had, I, I learned for myself. I just had to fucking do it. Like I just had to just go out and be like, we're doing this. This is what's happening. Yes. But I'd love for you to talk a bit more about that. Where does it come from? Is it individual to each person? And how do we get past it? Do you mean the fear of being seen? Is that individual Correct. to each person? Yes. Yeah, I I think so. Um, you know, I'm a lover of the Enneagram. I don't know if you know much about mm. the Enneagram, but, you know, we all have different lenses of the way that we okay. look at life. And so, you know, for me... Um, the the way that it's played out for me is you have got to watch your mouth, young lady, because if you Ah. say the wrong thing, they may leave, they may reject you, they may, you know, but other people, the lens they're looking through is, ooh, if you're seen, but you make a mistake or you didn't do it perfect, they're going to judge you. And that's like death, you know, and then there's other people like, oh, I don't care. I love being seen. See me, see me, see me. But it's a role. They're not letting Mm -hmm. people really, really see them because when they stop the role, it becomes very edgy all of a sudden. Anxiety starts arising. So we all have it in different ways. Um, but it is there because being truly seen, like what you described, going from role to who you are and who you want to be, is an act of courage because you are being intimate with another person. You've got nothing between you and them. I've got nothing between me and you right now. Well, we've got the computer screen, mm-hmm. but this is who I am. This is who you are. And the more intimate we can be with each other, the more beautiful this conversation becomes. And unfortunately, we're in a ro- we're in a world where people don't know how to be intimate with each other mm-hmm. in the moment. It's like, oh, the smile's on, oh, yeah, 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 the head bubble, oh, yeah, yeah, talking up here. And, yeah. and so um, when people start doing some of these practices to be seen through art of feminine presence or art of masculine presence, whichever gender you are, it's um, it's discombobulating because they're, they're like, whoa, why am I why am I tearing up just talking to this person? Like in a beautiful way, you know. Like why am I, why do I love this person? I've just met them. It's because you are intimately present, and when you're intimately present, we find out that it's extremely attractive to people, mm-hmm. right? Um, so. Yeah, it's a courageous move if anyone's willing to do the work you've done and I've done and and people are on their on their journey for that. Um yeah. And so what do you have as far as, you know, beginner tips for someone who might be listening and they they do feel this fear of being seen? And I also just want to also point out that you're so right about the different lenses that we look into because for so long, my fear was, oh, if I say the wrong thing, if I mess up talking on TV, someone's going to write in, my boss is going to be mad at me, the whole, and I'm a three, I'm an Enneagram. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, of course, but for someone out there who's listening 
and maybe they're stepping into a new phase of life. I'm stepping into a new phase of my life where I'm leaving news behind and I'm branching yeah. out in my own, my own business. Um, do you have any practices that you like that Absolutely. They, could, they could work with? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, the, the, the fundamental practice of the work is, are you in your head bubble or mm -hmm. are you home in your power center? which will anchor you into the internal space of your body, which is really where the light within is experienced. It's experienced through the energetic and physical body. So I can do it right now and they can't see me, but they'll, they'll definitely feel it. Um, yeah. And if anyone wants to see this, you can um, watch my TEDx talk or you can, um, go to unwaveringstillness.com and you can see me do it, but l let me go up to my head bubble. And what that is, is you're outside your body. And so I'd be interested to know, Leslie, how you experienced it in anchoring mm -hmm. versus, versus not. Um, but head bubble is like, I'm thinking, I'm processing, I'm remembering my words. I'm, I'm kind of up and forward in my mm -hmm. energy field. So, and I'm not sensing any internal space of my body. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pop up and go into what I call my head bubble. And um, you can ask me any question you want, and I'm going to answer it from my head bubble. And I want everyone <laughs> to just kind of feel how the, how, not, not what I sound like so much, but how do you feel in relationship to me? when I mm -hmm. go into my head bubble. Okay. So let's do the question. Um, I guess, well, let's talk about your purpose. What do you feel like your purpose is here on this planet? Yeah. So my purpose is all about helping people awaken. I am the founder and CEO of the Awaken School, which is working with world changers who want to be seen and heard and inspire change in their life. And they want to awaken themselves. They want to awaken their impact and then awaken humanity. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So just notice that. Now I'm going to drop down. Everyone can do this. I'm going in what I call womb space for Art of Feminine Presence, creative power <laughs> center for the woman. Mm -hmm. Whether you have a womb yet left or not, it doesn't matter. But it's just that space. So I anchor myself there by being, sensing myself from inside. I'm sensing myself from that point. And so mm -hmm. now I've dropped in. You probably can hear it a little more, more in my voice. And then Leslie has another question for me and I will answer it or the same question, whatever you like yeah. from my womb space from home. Yeah. So let's ask the same question. What do you feel Rachel Jane is your purpose. I feel it's changed over time, but there's a thread that stays and remains through the whole thing, which is to get people to feel, to get people to go from concept to feeling, to experiencing. And so right now, a lot of my purpose is to help people get the nuance of where they're stuck on their personal and spiritual development journey, because the ego is so clever <laughs> and so tightly wound. And to give people kind of a transmission of what I mean, which is kind of what happens when I'm in womb space more, that they might notice as, as you're listening to me, you're sensing me. Where mm -hmm. before when I was in head bubble, I was a talking head. Mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't quite sense me. You were listening to my marketing message. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, Leslie, what did you feel is the difference in how you relate to me when I'm in head bubble and mm -hmm. when I'm now experiencing myself from the internal space of my pelvis? Right. First of all, I love that. I, and I want everyone listening to know, I didn't know she was going to talk about the womb space like this as my, my period coach self is obsessed with this because <laughs> I, I, I do the same thing. But the difference I, have, I felt was 
in the head bubble space, your voice is higher, your voice is faster. And I could tell you're forward thinking about the things you need to say right before they come. Like you probably either had a statement written out like that, or, or it was your marketing message, or you're thinking two to three sentences ahead so that now I'm repeating it back in a regurgitated state, very much in the, in the mental. Right. And how often do you ever go to a networking group or a group where people have to say what they do and 98% of them are in their freaking head bubble? Yeah. It's that, what is that elevator pitch shit they said? Yeah. <laughs> you want to have your pitch, like yes. your elevator pitch. That's so very much what I think like the elevator pitch would exactly. be. Exactly. Versus your womb, for me, it felt immediately grounded. It felt immediately much more mature feminine, much more mm -hmm. a nurturing, and it made much more sense. Like if I'm going to write this down, I'm making those notes like, oh yeah, to get people to feel, I don't even remember what the hell you said in the first part in the headspace, and except for the fact that you've got the awakened school and, and all of those things, right? Right. And I like that's the difference. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because as I was speaking from my womb space, I was thinking, is this making any sense? Because I don't think I've ever said it in this particular way ever before. And I know the first one makes sense. But when I do mm -hmm. this in a room of AFP, Art of Feminine Presence, and everyone does it in a, in a pair, I ask, yeah. you know, what did you notice? Almost everyone says, I can hardly remember what they said the first time. And I can remember what they said the second time. And mm -hmm. that's kind of goes back to this question about why the business took off is mm -hmm. I stopped talking from my head bubble and started getting Ugh. very, very, very good at speaking from womb space. And so then the reaction was like, I remember that woman. I remember exactly yeah. what she said. I felt it. I'm not used to feeling someone's really fully there. And so then mm -hmm. every speaking gig would, would end up being another speaking gig and another speaking gig. Oh, you need to get Rachel Jane. Oh, you need to get Rachel Jane. Mm -hmm. Again, presence precedes everything. And, you know, I didn't start with coaching like you're doing with the menstrual cycle and the women's, you know, um, anatomy, but also energetics. I just kind of um, came at it from my Korean um, Dan Huck and a, a Korean form of yoga I was doing. And I had this teacher who was, um, I was always asking, what, what do I do next for my enlightenment? You know, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. And she would always pat my tummy and go, yes, you're, you're all heart, but you're not, you're not home. You're not home. And I just never got what she meant. I love it. <laughs> I love that so much. It's going to make me, that's perfect though. Yes. Oh, I never that's got so it. Okay. And until I did, until I did. And then I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. that's what it means by being home with mm -hmm. the light within. Yep. And what's funny is you want to know, I don't even know if I've said this on the podcast before. I named the podcast this in an, I saw it in a meditation and only a year after I'd already been doing the podcast that I decided to do the menstrual cycle coaching. And it's like, how perfectly synchronistic Absolutely, it was meant to be. Yeah. So what do you do to get present in your womb space? I'm sure you do this before you go out and give speeches. Do you have any mm -hmm. little practices that you like to do? Is it mm -hmm. breath uh, visioning? I like to personally vision journey into my womb. Yeah, I think it's more like that for myself um, and also a sensing. So if people aren't used to what this conversation that me and Leslie are having about, what do you mean be sensing yourself from the inside and all of that? We've got this um, inner space. You can start with your hands and just feel the difference between putting your attention on your hands mm -hmm. and being inside your hands. So you know, listening now, even if you're driving, do that. Just put your attention on your hands for a moment. Like, there are my hands. Hello, hands. Mm -hmm. there, there they are. And then shift to being inside my hands. And it's a very different experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So someone can practice going on and in, on and in with the hands and then start going to a part of the body 
that feels um, easier. Maybe it's the heart for some people or that the skull. I'm I'm putting my attention on my head and I'm being in my head. Now that feels really cool if anyone wants to do mm-hmm. that. Um, I've got a skull and now I'm in my skull. Mm-hmm. That stops the mind, actually. It's a funny thing where people keep saying, get out of your head, get out of your head. And I'm always saying, no, get in your head, get in your head, get in your head, actually in it. So um, the heart might be the case, but I know I'm sure you see this, Leslie, with your work is the womb space area for women can be a very difficult area in order to come back and be home within because of different things. It may be um, from an abusive past. It may be, you know, the feminine in its judgment, you know, people have judged it or it's not safe some way. Um, For me, I don't know what it really was. I didn't have a traumatic experience. I thought I just was so heart centered. Um, I didn't even think that being there would make any difference, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I kind of sort of take it one step at a time for any woman who's like, I don't feel much there. I don't feel much there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. It makes perfect sense to me specifically because I didn't feel much there at all when I, quit taking hormonal birth control. I mean, I I literally didn't feel much. I couldn't feel my clitoris. I couldn't feel, I felt so numb. Yeah. And so I used, um, crystal yoni eggs and the, and, and feeling into it and thinking about it. Um, kind of like what you're saying, getting into the space Yes. to start to wake it up because I think it had been so shut down for so long. Exactly, exactly. And so giving it attention through sensing it with, with awareness and loving presence is the way to wake it up. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for me, it wasn't so much numb, but I just, I just was so in my masculine in my early years, you know, like... Like I'm going to meet men where they are. I don't want them to take advantage of me. And I was just so intellectual and that kind of thing um, of just feeling what my sexuality was and to really own it and not give it away and those kinds of things. But when we, one of the practices we do in Art of Feminine Presence is the yoni and heart connection. And it is that, you know, without anything which you know fully closed we're not we're not using an egg or anything like that but being able to see can I even stay in the yoni area can I stay in the womb space area or not how long can I feel it to bring more aliveness and and sensing to it just like if we were working with the heart and someone's heart's closing down you know if someone's Mm -hmm. heart keeps closing down when they're not safe they're never going to get out of the pattern of attracting wonderful relationships because they don't feel safe and then it closes down and that that, that keeps Mm -hmm. attracting people that are going to make them not feel safe. So this is just really important work. And I think it's fascinating too, because I wrote down all these questions to ask you about like, how do we, how do we get over the fear of being seen? How do we get over, uh, find peace in times when we're so scared and it's so funny that we have migrated into this conversation because and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it feels to me like probably the answers are in what we're talking about now to those types of fears too, getting into those yes. spaces. Yes. Because fear is, fear is a thought, right? We have emotions, but fear comes through thought forms And so if you think of thought forms connecting with the head bubble, it's up and forward. And so if I'm in my head bubble um, and I have people do this in the room, they're like, just be in your head bubble standing there for like 10, 20 seconds. Within 20 seconds, everyone feels anxiety. (laughs) Everyone feels something because that's what it is. That's the nature of the head bubble with no anchoring. And so then the, you know, when I say to say to group, like, what's the number one thing that will reduce your fear or anxiety or worry in your life? And they were like, oh, courage or just going for it or 
whatever they say. And I say, it's embodiment. Embodiment is the most important skill and practice you can have because if you are anchored in your earth suit, as I would call it, if you're anchored there and it's like it can't raise up because now I've practiced womb space and vertical core and light globe and some other of these practices that we teach, I've just, I'm there no matter what is happening. And believe you me, I've had everything in this speech. I've had big room and some burly guy yelling out the back and challenging me and blah, 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 and just bam, right? So it didn't happen overnight, but it doesn't create then a fear of like, oh, what, what's going to happen? It keeps me in the moment. So it gets you in your lower chakras, which has you, that's all the safety zone area for those of you that don't understand the energy centers so much, but it's safety and security. So now I walk through the world feeling completely safe and secure where 10 years ago I did not Mm -hmm. because it's anchored. And if something goes up, it just kind of pops back because this is my default where again, 10 years ago, it wasn't my default. I had to practice it a lot. You know, that, Mm -hmm. what do they say? It's unconscious incompetence. And then it's conscious incompetence. I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know that I didn't know I was not in my body. Then I mm-hmm. knew I was not in my body. And then I had to practice and become really, really, really conscious of being in my body. And now it's unconscious competence. And so I don't have to do as much practice or preparation before a speech or before a video or before something. And I can just go right there and feel it within me but also I feel it within the other person do you sense that too Leslie when you're in your womb space you sense you're pulling the other person there too you're you're taking them there especially with one-on-one work in person so I have really I've done in person and I've done virtual and I have one client who I've done both with and it's amazing the difference she was she's so committed in the virtual space, in the in-person space, it's like a whole different realm. Mm -hmm. It's so different. Have you experienced the different, like when it's virtually, it's just a little bit more difficult. So I'm probably lucky that I did so much in person before we were all forced to do. So I don't find it to be much difference at all. Okay. However, there is one retreat that we do that I will never do not in person because it is more energetic release work after I know the person quite well. So, Mm -hmm. but everything else translates, but I I think that you probably find it's going to get more similar. Okay. The more you, you do it because you're in the first few years, is that right? Of doing the in-person. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it'll start it'll start getting um, there. But, you know, we're, we're talking about entrainment, like presence preceding strategies. If you want to, whether that's on a date or doesn't have to be in business, it can be your, mm-hmm. your kids, your family, your dog, <laughs> and yes. you're entraining them. What I always think about is, is my light entraining yours or is your head bubble entraining me? Right? Oh God, what a perfect way to think about that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Cause if it's whoever has the strongest intention wins. And so I have decided that no one's head bubble feels anywhere near as good as my womb space, <laughs> right? It just doesn't feel as good when I am present. And so when I'm with someone, I say, if I see two eyeballs in front of me, I'm, I'm home. I'm home because my job is not to, and maybe this goes back to the purpose question too. My job is to not give you a wonderful podcast interview here, Leslie. That is not my job. My job is to take us together to another dimension of communication. And I do that through womb space and you do it through womb space. 
because that takes us to the cosmic womb space versus, you know, how am I going to look and how is this going to sound and all of that. So um, I don't know how I got off on that track. but <laughs> At this point, I'm like, we're, there's no off track. This is where we're supposed this to be going. And going. I, I'm obsessed with the fact that you said cosmic womb space. Can you see my shirt has like the it's the female reproductive the ch- system, but it's the cosmos. Oh womb. my goodness. <laughs> How funny is that? Okay. Wow. I would love to know though, and this comes up for me in my work. It's come up with me in my own personal life. Do you ever have people who are scared to go into the womb? I mean, you kind of already mentioned yes. this. The yes. womb is, is, can be a very scary place. If you've had trauma, if you've been assaulted, if you've had, you know, radical birth issues, if you can't get pregnant and you want to, I mean, there's a lot of stuff housed in the way. Absolutely. We know this. Absolutely. And it's in different areas of the body, the heart. I see a lot of women that just, it's very hard to open their heart, but um, yeah, absolutely. And um, even if someone hasn't had some traumatic experience, the womb is the mystery. It's the unknown. It's, it is a spiritual portal in ways um, because Spiritual awakening requires you to be in the unknown and in the mystery and not in the, oh, I know how this goes. So you are in a surrendering position when you really, really go into your womb space. Even for me that had done it for many, many years and maybe there's a, you know, I use speaking a lot because I was so scared of it and now I'm not, you know, it's like, but I'm like, okay, I've got to be in my womb space. I've got to be in my womb space. And it was scared. It was like, I didn't go there because all of the pulling out of people have judged me in the past. People have judged me in the past. Mm-hmm. So it um, is a courageous move. And what I would suggest if anyone has that kind of issue, a visual that has helped um, a lot of the women that we've worked with is going down the ladder from solar heart or solar plexus and staying for a few weeks in the lowest part that you can embody, mm-hmm. right? Where is that band? And when they can stay there and know where they're hitting that wall, they loosen that up and then they can usually go to the next step down. And then some people will go right down there just because they're taking it one step at a time, but um, others. And the other thing to remember is often there is emotion um, that will arise when you're going down Um, and that's a good sign because emotion is a release of resistance so the so the the womb space or the pelvis area has contracted and when the pelvis area contracts it creates control like I'm going to contract so I can be in control Mm -hmm. the heart contracts because it doesn't really want to feel you know mm-hmm. it, it and the mind contracts on conclusions it wants to know but mm-hmm. the gut is really about control and we have to be in control to survive when we're younger or we've gone through these challenges and now we are asked through our going within process to let go of control and contraction of the gut and it's usually one of the last parts of the energetic system to let go because it is so connected to the mystery and safety and security and all of that. But it's, it's so important, not only in the health work and the, um, you know, the, the energetic work, but living a life of peace and mm-hmm. happiness and not being triggered um, so yep. much because this contraction creates the triggers, you know, oh, this person's doing, oh, this person's doing, oh, what are they saying? Or, oh, I don't like that and all that kind of stuff. When this really releases, that's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, we have gone so many different places. I would love, you've already mentioned several of the things that you have as far as courses and retreats. What else do you want to share about the things people can do to work with you or connect with you? Yeah, we have a lot of things because we've been doing it for a while. And so going to theawakenschool.com and just looking at our programs and and just seeing what kind of intuitively speaks to your womb space, you know, yeah. follow that. 
But there's also one really good starting point. Um, you can go to unwaveringstillness.com and it is a free mini virtual retreat you could do with me just for a few hours. You could do the whole thing in a few hours or you could do it in pieces and you'll be able to see my face and go through some of this these practices and do a few more just to get a sense of the stillness that occurs when this space is opened and when there is no contraction of mind, heart, and gut. And um, so that's at unwaveringstillness.com. If someone just okay. wants a you know place where they're just on their own, light a candle, do a little bit of the work and just see if it resonates. Perfect. Well, I will put the links to those in the show notes. Is there anything else you feel called to share? It's, I really think it's funny that every question that I had written down, uh, most of them we didn't cover, but we did cover <laughs> because we actually talked about a bunch of the things that would answer questions like, how do I get, you know, up over my fear of being seen? I th- this is fascinating. I love, I love when conversations go like this. I know. I know. Else? I would say if, if, if you're listening to this, and you're getting a sense like something about this conversation is really important for me and you don't quite understand why <laughs> because we've been talking about some, but you like there's something here. Follow it. Do the womb space practice three times today. Do the hands outside your hands, inside your hands. This has radically changed my life. I mean, I was freaked out to speak. I was constantly worried about what you would think of me. I was um, not attracting men in my life, only sensitive new age guys that I wasn't interested in or or losers. Um, I was broke. I had no value of what I was offering and how to do it. I mean, I was struggling in every, I was 40 pounds heavier. Every single area of my life has changed through this understanding of transformation happens when I unwind contractions, when I unwind the system and I get to just receive and be open more. But this earth suit thing, like, you know, the yoni and the womb space and the heart, like is a bit problematic on that, on that journey. And so I know it can be a little conceptual, a little esoteric or a little womb space or these words, but it has radically shifted my life. And so practice, I'm here if you want any, I'm a lot on YouTube and just kind of binge watch however you want and reach out to me if any of this, if this resonates. I love it. Rachel Jane, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Have a great rest of your day. I hope you loved that episode as much as I did. I loved that conversation with Rachel Jane. I feel so, so in touch with my own womb space after listening to her words. If you want more information about her and her offerings, I will put all the links in the show notes below. You can also always connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast. Shoot me an email at hello at lesliedraffin.com, especially if you're having some type of menstrual question. I would love to help you out. Remember, I also have that new course, Cycle Codes, just released if you're interested. And as always, I offer free 30-minute cycle consultations. You can sign up for one in the link in my Instagram bio. The best way for you to support this podcast is by rating it, reviewing it, sharing it with someone you love. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.